acapella singing i sang at my own wedding i think i'll go with that one i sang uh ray charles's shake your tail feather at my own wedding Mm-hmm. i thought that was that was fun uh why do you ask i was just thinking about the power of like expressing oneself uh particularly one's uh, affections for another person or being through song uh-huh um you know, we will we will talk about uh, a, 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 what what I think is a really great song um, coming up here on uh, our <laughs> podcast that I awkwardly transitioned to. It's called Podventure Time, uh, and we are going to talk about season four, episodes three and four of the Adventure Time TV show. We both watched them. Uh, I've watched them many times before. Ben was experiencing them for the first time i've watched them once and right and now we are going to uh just kind of talk about them and i think that uh in fact love and and expressing oneself are is maybe a theme in in both our episodes yeah i was gonna say my theme for today is uh relationships are hard man uh yeah but i think uh we have two different uh, takes on relationships and two different takes on uh, what it means to be a partner to somebody. And I think uh, one of them is going to freak you out a lot and the other one will be less so. Yeah, I think one great way to jeopardize your relationship is to be a spider and then to have an awful personality on top of that. Right. <laughs> is the uh, yeah jerk jerk spider is the is is the is the worst is the worst of the worst of the personality types that one can adopt. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I don't like this episode. Um, I am terrified of spiders. Uh, don't do well around them or or thinking about them. And uh, I, I'll go ahead and spoil the end of the episode when the pounds and pounds of baby spiders are uh, raining down on everyone's head. I. That makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> Web Weirdos is the episode we're talking about, and it is uh, it centers around two uh, two spiders in a relationship, um, and our our two main heroes, Finn and Jake, are caught in their web and mostly are uh, observing the relationship dysfunction that this male male and female spiders i believe they i think they present as male and female or at least they describe themselves yeah. as such um and these two giant spiders you know like we're talking like big big spiders like uh like the like the spider in lord of the rings that spider yeah like finn is roughly the size of the abdomen maybe right and so the the whole episode rep, uh, is is takes place basically in their web. Uh, the boys get caught in the web in a uh, in a silly manner. Uh, they are they are parkouring around ooh, <laughs> and Jake's doing better because he's got magical stretchy powers. Finn is less uh, adept, but he is certainly he does uh, he certainly has enthusiasm for his own parkour skills. Um, but they both end up jumping straight into a web. Uh, and getting stuck, and then uh, it basically, in order to, it's sort of like the the conceit is that in order for them to get out of there, they're going to have to distract these spiders in some way so that they don't get eaten. And they quickly capital or, uh, capitalize on the fact that these two spiders are clearly having relationship issues, and if they can distract them enough to focus on their relationship as opposed to focused on eating them, then they have it. Then they buy buy themselves some time to get away. Right. Um... Like many people do, uh, Finn is using his therapy skills as a means to an end. Right. Although I do think that Finn in this episode genuinely does want to help. Like, it's in his nature to want to help people. So I think he is both trying to get away, but also wants to help. So he has a bit of altruism uh, built in. Yes, he's certainly wanting to help. 
Um, I think that Finn is really trying to help. In fact, the first few questions that he asks uh, and the first like little bit of advice that he gives the spider is, as I recall, it's pretty good advice. Yeah. He, uh, he, he dives straight in with, you know, first of all, you need to like, you, you need to repair the damage that's already been done before you can move forward. And so he says like, you need to focus on, uh, you need to, you need to think about how you communicate with your partner. He says it in a cooler way. I think he says, you need to think about how yeah. you talk with your lady or something like that. Uh, he, he speaks like a real hip cat that Finn does. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he gives him good advice. He says, you know, you got to be conscious of how you're, how you are communicating with your partner. And if it is hurting them, uh, then you need to repair that damage. And he suggests, uh, a gift would do, would go away. Good would be a good first step to, uh, to repairing some of that damage. And I think that that's fair enough advice. I mean, I think, um, that's kind of, I think that's pretty thin advice, like a gesture or like Finn, I think Finn's love language is action, is is showing actions. Right. So I think uh, giving of gifts or doing of deeds is where Finn goes to, and he's trying to uh, express himself. So, yeah, I think it's it's the doing of deeds. It's the 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 gift isn't just you know something that Finn thought would be good for this person. That's something that Finn went on a quest for. Right. And in fact, I, that's where I thought that he got a little manipulative. Although I, I do think that that's kind of the way that that he thinks about uh, how he approaches that, but he but he says, "Oh, you know, why don't you just wander off into the woods mm-hmm. and uh, see if you can find a present for her?" Right. Yeah. I mean, like Finn, Finn being Finn giving relationship advice is a pretty funny concept, like given his track record. Right. Uh, so the spider doesn't know that. Uh, the spider played by Bobcat Goldthwait, I believe, as well. Uh, the male spider. Oh, is, I, think, I, I, think. I always thought it kind of sounded like him, but I, I've never looked it up. <laughs> I don't know either, but uh, there are very few voices that sound like Bobcat Goldthwaite's, and so I'm going to guess it's true. Um, <laughs> uh, Bobcat Go- sidetrack on Bobcat Goldthwaite. He just moved into my area. Like he moved, not like he's not my neighbor or anything, but like I live in the western suburbs of Chicago and he had just moved to, he now lives more permanently in like the northwestern suburbs of Chicago with his, Nice. uh, I just read an article about that and he, uh, he moved from LA. He's done, he's done with that scene and he wanted to be closer to his partner, I think wife, um, uh, her family who is in this Midwest area, but now you can randomly go to like. I don't know the Chuckle Hut in the northwest suburbs of of Chicago, <laughs> and uh, and Bobcat will be he does random random sets there. I don't oh, know. he's like doing open mics and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's doing anything like uh, he's not trying to like like push a career or anything. But he mm-hmm. he still enjoys doing stand up, and so he'll be there every once in a while as like a little guest star. I think so. Uh, that's my that's update cool. for you on Bobcat Goldthwait, and for everybody out there. All right. uh, Check out the Chuckle Hut in Northwest suburbs of Chicago. It's there's one of them. I'm sure it's one. You'll get there. That's your Bobcat news for the day. Yep. And I have confirmed that uh, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait did voice Ed the Spider. Fantastic. Uh, so yeah, so Ed is taking advice from Finn, who is on the one hand trying to help Ed, on the other hand trying to distract Ed so that Finn and Jake can get out of their web. But yeah, give some good advice. And Ed heads off into the woods to look for a, a look for a gift for his for his lady love. And eventually, you know, and I think like kind of hopes hopes. I think Ed belie- hopes that this will work. I think Ed is at this point hopeful that the relationship can be repaired. Oh yeah, absolutely. He he has not given up at all. Yeah, but I think like it's interesting. It, this whole episode felt way more adult to me i mean there's a lot like this was a weird episode for me in terms of like thinking about it as a children's cartoon or as like a cartoon for i don't know what the age range is like 10 to 14 year olds is probably like where it's like pegged at right yeah but this is an adult relationship yeah but they like they they heavily juxtapose this adult relationship with a ton of sight gags like it's a weird Almost more so than the average Adventure Time episode, at least in my mind. Like, they did a ton of just, like, weird physical comedy that uh, yeah. 
that I think is meant to balance out the fact that this is essentially a therapy episode for adult <laughs> adult humans. Right. And like, what, what do you suppose would, you know, like, was there somebody in the writer's room going through something or like, I, I don't know, like who, I just don't, you know, of course I would never sit down at a t- table and pitch giant spiders, but any kind of animals having this, you know, it's almost like a, it's like a sitcom it uh, is. interaction with like these sort of like neurotic caricatures. Yeah, it's and it in and the um the female spider has like an upper east side New York accent that she's doing like uh it it felt like a Seinfeld episode almost or like something yeah. like that. Like just you know, essentially just this these like two New Yorkers is really what it felt like sort right. of arguing and like bitter people who were like in a a bitter sort of uh antagonistic relationship that had had once been beautiful and now has soured and it's like you're watching it kind of flame out in a way and it it is uh it was it was really I laughed a lot at actually because it just felt almost absurd to me that this was an episode that they had written and put into a kid's cartoon. Um, but yeah, the episode is good and it's, and I think it's a, it's a well-formed one and they, as it progresses, um, it goes as, you know, I, I found myself like feeling very anxious for Ed, like, cause I've been in relationships where I've like not been, as communicative or as like understanding as I should have been. And sure. And I tend to, frankly, I tend to, uh, lean on like grand gestures more than like the average person. Like that's my Mm -hmm. go-to move. And so I found myself, uh, I don't know, identifying with this giant spider more than I would like to and feeling anxious, (laughs) feeling anxious on his behalf and a lot of things. Uh, it was, it was odd. I really liked it. But my favorite part, if I'm going to transition away from that, my favorite part of the whole episode is um, is one of the absurd moments. And that is their plan while Ed is away to get out of the web. And their plan is to hawk loogies into the eyeballs of passing <laughs> birds and knock them out of the sky with loogies and catch one of the birds and then like cut themselves free with their beak. And it is the weirdest thing. And like the image that they drew of showing the number of mi- of like failed attempts when they kind of pan out and there's like, it's, it's like that scene in gone with the wind where there's like all the soldiers that are like di- dead on the battlefield, dead and dying on the battlefield. But there's like 20 or 30 birds with loogies in their eyes, just yeah. like scattered around the ground around the web. Oh man. When you when you uh, said there were good visual gags in this episode, that's immediately what I thought of was yeah the the scores of birds who had <laughs> Finn had managed to knock out of the sky but hadn't managed to catch. It is the most it's the weirdest thing and but it, it it was necessary given the the heavy topic that they were hitting with the with the main arc of the story. Right. Um, I don't know like how do you think about. How, do you think in the relationship with the spiders that we saw where we have Ed, the male spider, who is, if I had to characterize his position in the, or like how he was, his point uh, that he was arguing from is that he feels like he is the sole provider for the, for the relationship in terms of de- delivering food and he's underappreciated for that. Uh, whereas the female spider, I'm blanking on her name. She, Barb, I Barb. Uh, she is feeling unloved and like that, like Ed is underappreciative of her physically. Like, like she feels attacked physically by him in terms of how he perceives her body. Uh, she's got sort of like body image issues that Ed seems to be projecting onto her. And also that like, she, it seems like they're arguing over like the amount of labor that they're each producing for the for the relationship and that like both of them feel like it's in an imbalance but like neither of them is willing to admit um which which one is truly not pulling their own weight but i wondered if you had a thought on like did you side with either one of those spiders did you feel like either one had a better point than the other no um 
I just came away thinking that they should not stay together. Right. Uh, they they really it's it's doomed, and uh, those are a lot of babies to grow up in a really you know probably was going to be a pretty toxic spider household. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, arguments they they were they were not addressing some pretty core elements of their relationship and neither seem to be willing to listen to the other. They're very combative with each other to a literal point at the end when uh, they end up getting into a literal fight and the, and the female spider is going to eat Ed uh, classic, like black widow stereotypical style, basically. Yeah. That, that kind of changes the whole dynamic. If you know, she can just eat you at any time. There is a power dynamic there for sure. If you are, <laughs> if you are potential food at any moment, um, yeah, you're right. And then for the 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 big gag at the end is that all of a sudden it's revealed that she is with child, but a uh, spider pregnant, spider pregnant, uh, and her egg sac just explodes everywhere and it rains spider babies everywhere, and it's gross. It is gross to watch. Yeah, it's awful. They pile up on the ground and they're all over Finn and Jake and mm-hmm. and uh, and it ends with uh, with the two spiders feeling like, oh, we can maybe we can fix it. We we can save it for we can save our relationship. Uh, sort of in the classic, like we'll do it for the kids kind of thing. classic mistake. Yeah. I think even even a bigger mistake is that they don't just say we're going to do it for the kids, but we can do it because of the kids. Like, right. They, you know, oh, well, now we've got these kids and that's going to change everything. Right. Uh, but they they still haven't listened to one another and they're still going to have the exact same issues. And pinning all of their hopes for a, rela- a successful relationship on the kids sets themselves up sets their kids up for a ton of hurt when the relationship fails and therefore the implication is that somehow the kids have failed. Uh, that is, that's not great. That's not a good place to be. So very dark relationships are hard. Sometimes admitting when a relationship is over is the best thing is what we learn from web weirdos. Right. Go find somebody who wants your flaming sword. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, you're, neither of them are, bad people, bad spiders. They just didn't have the right, they didn't find the right spider to be with. And maybe you don't right. need, maybe you don't need a spider. Not everyone needs to be in a relationship to be fulfilled. But someone who does, I think, need to be in a relationship to be fulfilled <laughs> is our friend Tree Trunks. Tree Trunks is a hopeless romantic and I think uh, would not be complete without a love of her life. That may be, although, you know, Tree Trunks has been bacon apple pie for Finn and Jake for quite a while. She seems to be doing okay, uh, you know, on her own. I'm not saying that, that you know, she's worse off with, with Mr. Pig or anything, but, you know, she, I don't know. I, I think that, that Tree Trunks and Mr. Pig are just really in the infatuation phase here. Do you think, okay, so do you think we are, what we watched in these two episodes is one is like the tail end of a, of a relationship that's run its course and then also just the the bright shining rocket to the moon that is the first opening moments of a of a relationship so we don't we can't really come who knows where they would go who knows where pig and tree trunks will end up they could end up just as bitter yep. as the spiders we don't know yet yep that's exactly what i was saying i absolutely noticed that we're moving on to the second episode in our watch party tonight uh which is called dream of love dream of love and this episode re- focuses around tree trunks, the hyper hypersexualized grandma elephant uh, <laughs> character of the Adventure Time world, and apple pie baker. Sure, she's wholesome. She's wholesome, but she is certainly uh, a sex positive apple pie baker. Um, yes, and is is always on the hunt for uh, love of her own. But when we encounter her in this episode, uh, she is in a relationship or is in the beginnings of a relationship with Mr. Pig, who is from a previous episode that I vaguely recall something about what like the criminal underground of, of Ooh, And I can't remember how yeah. Pig, Pig featured into it, but he's a past character. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Pig was who they were feeding like their 
murder victims too. In fact, I think at, at one point in this episode, he goes, I guess I can just go back to eating criminals. <laughs> right. Uh, and they, yeah. he somehow, they, Finn and Jake somehow got I kind of just out. realized yeah. like what, I, I guess I could just go back to eating criminals. Like, I, did he really say that? Yeah. Uh, it's his job, man. Works work. So he's from a past episode and, but he is at tree trunks. And I guess at the end of that episode, that past episode, like they left him with tree trunks. Somehow he ended up at tree trunks. That's house. right. And so when Finn and Jake show up, they at, really hit it off. Yeah. When Finn and Jake show up at tree trunks house for their, I don't know, daily apple pie that they require her to bake them like what is the timeline on this that they expect yeah i i don't know how often it is but they certainly take it for granted yeah they show up uh uh, jake especially basically just kind of going like ah 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 pointing to his mouth pointing to his tummy being like feed me pie and uh and they they show up as if it's sort of like a regular thing that they do and um but when they get there, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe this is like uh, something that people outside of the Midwest, like maybe that that's just how they behave, and like we just think that everyone would be like, um, boy, ooh, that pie smells. Oh, that that pie just smells so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. You're, are you? What's uh? What kind of crust? What kind of crust on that pie? Just dance around, uh, to, never asking for what you want, passively, passive aggressively, uh, hoping and hinting at the desire for pie, but never just coming out and saying, I would like some pie, please. Right. And then also passive aggressively shooting people down. Right. And not letting people, uh, merge into your lane <laughs> because, uh, you, you, you have this thought that they should have merged into your lane, uh, like tw- 20 minutes ago. And so now you're not going to let them in. Um, Oh, sidetrack on another Midwest only thing. Um, I learned recently that blue moon ice cream, which I think you're probably familiar with uh, as a yeah. flavor, doesn't exist outside like Wisconsin, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan. Like just isn't a thing. Uh, and it's not to say that it's never, uh, never been eaten outside of those areas. But like uh, I read an article the other day that said essentially 99% of all sales of Blue Moon ice cream occur in those four states. Yeah, I think I can believe that. Um the, the only place that I ever get it is northern Wisconsin. Yeah. What I learned about Blue Moon this summer when I got myself some, I, you know, it, you worked at Whitey's and they had Smurf ice cream, mm-hmm. which I, I should it, clarify. If it's not, I should clarify for everyone. Whitey's is the name of an ice cream store in, <laughs> in, our, in the Midwest. Uh, and it's named after a gentleman who had white hair. Uh, it's problematic. It's certainly a problematic name. And I remember back growing up when you worked at Whitey's. Right. Exactly. I should, I I do want people to understand this. Uh, it's an ice cream store. The name is rough, but it is, uh, that that's my disclaimer for the the place I worked at. Yes. I worked there and it's called Smurf ice cream. You're correct. But it's, it's the same thing as blue moon, right? I I have to imagine. Yeah. I think it is. Except Smurf has marshmallows in it. Right. But what I learned is that, it, oh, my question for you is when people would say, oh, what does Smurf taste like? What what would you tell them? So, yeah, it's, I, I would tell them like Fruit Loops or something like that. That's the one that I always heard was it tastes like Fruit Loops. Yeah. What I learned this summer is that it's almond flavored. <sighs> Which when I tried it after I knew that, I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So I feel it's kind of that amaretto uh, almond type flavor i feel like that's in there and maybe this is different but blue moon is blue moon flavoring for those who haven't had it is it is a indescribable it's like very hard to pinpoint like as as a flavor and to the point where uh what i learned is that even the people who make blue moon ice cream don't know the flavor profile because like there is a there is a different company that makes blue moon flavoring and they just ship you the whatever powder vial and then you mix that. Oh, in. so there's like other Blue Moon family of products across the nation. Well, they they basically just it's basically for the ice cream, but it's like you. There's a company that makes the Blue Moon flavoring, and then they distribute it to any of the ice cream purveyors who want to okay. sell Blue Moon ice okay. cream. And 
the people who make the flavoring. So all the blue moon is running through that one plant. Yeah, like one or two. It's like not, somebody's got a yeah. somebody's cornered the market on blue moon. Right, and it's like it's a very it's got like pineapple in it i would say like it's it's got a bunch of different stuff in it and i would say that it's i i don't doubt that almond is part of it but i don't know if that's all of it yeah i don't know that's how they described it at the uh ice cream shop on their little sign and mm-hmm. i was kind of i was i was blown away yeah. couldn't believe it it feels like one of those things where like you can trick your brain where like you've heard those like audio tracks where it sounds like if you just if they put the words on the screen it, like it it's like so indistinguishable that like whatever words they write in front of you, you start to hear those words, but then if they write... Diff- right, whichever diff- one you're listening for, you hear. You hear. So if you're like, the same way, if you're, if you're tasting for almond, you'll taste the almond, but if someone said it's Fruit yeah. Loops, then you'd taste the Fruit Loops. It's a, it's a wild flavor. Um, anyway. Very that- susceptible to the power of suggestion. Exactly. Uh, we are way off track. We were talking about... Apple pie. Apple pie, and how uh, you should ask for what you want be direct (laughs) right and maybe not just gaping and pointing to your mouth but you know there's no reason that you need to uh show up to tree trunks house every single day and hint that you might want some apple pie she knows why you're there right but they were it was even more than like they even went so far as like they didn't just ask for apple pie they were like angry that it wasn't already prepared a little bit like right very impatient yeah anywho pigs there pig is there and they kind of ask him why he's there and he just sort of (laughs) says like i don't know i guess i never left but then he and tree trunks start being very coy about what they've been what he's been doing while there and drop a few adult uh innuendos for sure uh and yeah they uh yeah like I think Tree Trunk says that Pig's been tending to her rose garden, which, <laughs> which is uh, is 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 buttoned right up against there for like uh, innuendo for a for, you know like a, a teenager or like a ten year old cartoon yeah. show. Um, yeah, but they are clearly enamored with each other. Finn and Jake are kind of like nonplussed because they they're just there for the apple pie. They don't really care what's happening, but they are. They become more intrigued when Pig lets slip that he loves tree trunks. And Finn... Yeah, whoops. Yeah, Finn being the lover of all things grand grand and romantic and grand grand gestures of all kinds, he, 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 tells, he tells Pig that he, he should tell tree trunks. And so he does. Pig, uh, Pig opens up himself emotionally to tree trunks and finds out that tree trunks feels the same way about him. Which is great. It's great to get that sort of uh, reciprocal feeling from another person. Yeah. Have you uh, ever been in, involved in a one-way I love you situation? I don't think I have. We've talked a lot about in past episodes about high school relationships, which I had very few. I, have, I do not have a prolific backlog of relationships that I've been in. I don't know that I've ever been in a one-way I love you scenario. Have you? Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't, you brought I, it up. I'm the asshole who brought it up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, and I don't. And now I yes, refuse I, to talk about yes, it. Yes, and I won't talk about it. That's fine. That's your prerogative. This is good audio. This is good, this is good banter. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, Pig does not, uh, does not get into that scenario because Tree Trunks does say, I love you back. And then they, with their newfound uh, love expressed verbally, they start expressing their love physically, not in like a, it's a cartoon for kids, so don't worry, but... uh, They they, do bump butts. They do bump butts later. They do bump butts. Uh, But they certainly uh, kiss a lot and a lot of smooching happening. Yes. And and I would say, you know, fairly uh, aggressive smooching, you know. Not right. just uh, little little smooches on the lips, but necking, you might say. Right. And then this episode turns into, I don't know, a morality play? Like, I'm not sure, like, the message, it kind of, uh, the whole episode after they start, because the whole episode starts to revolve around how basically the community is getting grossed out by, like, the excessive PDA that 
yeah. that tree trunks and pig are exhibiting. A lot of this bothers me and doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it, it, it like it, I, the how I'm sorry to interrupt you, mm-hmm. but like how mean everyone is to them. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just I don't understand. I don't know. It, it it just seems to come out of nowhere to it, me. It turns into a very it, like it hits right up against just like 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 a keep it in the bedroom kind of like episode. Yeah, like the whole community turns that way. Even Finn and Jake are like, ugh, gross. Right, and it's it's kind of I think like in some ways it's kind of like a how a ten year old twelve year old kid thinks about affection like it like it's just too, sure. it's very intense it's to gross see. and embarrassing it's gross and embarrassing so I think in one sense it's just that like oh gross they're kissing but on the other hand like you know it 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 reminded me a lot of like you know, fundamentalist Christian reactions to homosexual relationships and things like that. Yeah. Like, like the, the old, just like, uh, just that, like, I don't need to hear about what you do in the bedroom, uh, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And it, it was like, oh, wow. Like, okay. I, I don't know if they were trying to toe that line or not, but it, it, it went there for me for sure. Um, and in the end, I would say like, they kind of reconcile that like they the episode i think comes down on the side that like no like public displays of affection are are not to be shunned i think that at the end that that's kind right. of what they end up as but they don't um but they don't do it like 100% like at, i would at the end of the episode finn and jake come around to being like oh like oh okay like i guess it is okay but there's still plenty of like candy people who are like in the background being very disgusted by it in the end. And I, yeah. And I just found it like, Oh wow. Okay. Like they're, they're going to, uh, it's a weird topic to address or like, it's a weird, it was, it was a weird turn for the episode. Cause it started out just like, Oh, it's very cute. They're very, they're very in love and it's a pig and an elephant or pig and a tree trunks, uh, in love yeah. and, and it's cute, but I don't know. It was an odd, uh, it was an odd left turn. It, it is. And, and then they, they don't even just say, you know, like keep it, well, so the the issue is, is at first I think Finn does say the kind of you know keep it to yourself, stay at home, mm-hmm. uh, but Tree Trunk says they can't do that because it would be indecent for unmarried people to be living together. Right. And then they actually both give a really like hilarious like looking down and sort of uh, dragging their toe explanation for why they're not going to get married. Like, well, we just don't think that we should rush it, and they're t- both talking and giving different reasons at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the whole episode, like, I mean, that's another like fundamental, you know, Christian, like moral, moral, uh, yeah, bag, yeah. I don't know where that idea comes from for, for tree trunks, but because of it, she says, well, we can't go home and do this. And so we, we just have to keep doing it out in, in public places. Yeah. And, and so then Finn and Jake, I, they would tell you they were forced. I can't, still can't understand why they did it. They decided that they need to physically separate them right. and just keep them apart. And I don't know if they plan to do this forever or if they thought that like tree trunks and Mr. Pig would just kind of cool off after a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but if I, I don't know because, you know, Finn and Jake weren't going to stay apart forever. So they weren't going to babysit these two forever. I don't know what their long-term plan was. Yeah. It felt like, <sighs> It felt like Finn and Jake lost their moral compass for a bit in this episode. And instead of doing what was truly right, which I think they usually aim for, they just sort of like appeased the crowd. Yeah. You know, and they just went for like, well, all of these people are saying they're grossed out by this PDA. So we're going to appease them. We're going to like solve this temp- pet problem temporarily, but they didn't think it through very right. well. I, I hear this village crying out for help. Right, exactly. But we didn't go, uh, we didn't dig, we didn't ask the follow-up questions as to like, well, wait, is this a problem that we should actually be solving? Or is, is the village in the right here? Um, yeah. Oh, I think uh, the reason that I uh, asked you at the beginning of, of our talk here uh, what your favorite song was that you had performed is because there's a really good musical duet between Mr. Pig and Tree Trunks singing right. um, about how much they want to be together. Right. What we get out of the forced separation is a heartfelt ballad uh, sung 
simultaneously, but from afar from each other. Uh, their connection is so strong that they have a, this, this, uh, this love song comes out. Very cool song. Very well written. Do you, I don't know who happened to write it in this episode. I know that. I always assume it's Rebecca sugar. Sure. They, they write some good songs. Um, yeah, but, uh, and, and it, it, it is the song that convinces Jake and Finn that these two belong to each other, belong together. And that's what kind of brings them around to like, I don't know if I agree with it. Like, I don't know if I agree with like how they, how Finn and Jake concluded, like, I don't know. So Finn and Finn and Jake hear the song and then they finally kind of go like, Oh, you two do really love each other. So I guess you showing your affection in public is kind of cute. I think is they're like, Oh, like now that we know, but it's like they, you know, it, it, what's, what doesn't sit right with me is that I don't think pig and tree trunks never change through this episode. Like they are consistent. And the yeah. only thing that changes is like Finn and Jake decide to accept them for who they are. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a good thing to accept, but like, it's weird that like, that's the episode. It's weird that like the episode was like, oh, we've, we've got to learn to accept someone for who they are. I guess that, I mean, I guess that's a good, as good as any moral uh, lesson to have for a kid's episode, but I don't know. It was a weird, it was a yeah. weird path to get there. It was a winding path to yeah. get there. Or, or we have to, uh, am I supposed yeah. to, am I supposed to reward Finn and Jake for that? Am I supposed to feel good or cheer them for that? Like, I don't know. Yeah, they they basically have walked back their kidnapping mm-hmm. at the end of this episode. Right. Yeah, the things that I took away was like, okay, this is a show about this is an episode about acceptance. This is an episode that's sort of toying with or sort of touching on how um existing like moral baggage that can be brought on by any institution, but like in this case it sort of was pretty heavily like religious it like it, it felt like christian uh sort of right. fundamentalism and like like it can ruin it, like that relying on or or relying sort of bowing to those preconceived notions that you get sort of drilled into you like even tree trunks and pig were like oh no we can't live together like even they were going against their own like best like their wishes because they're like of some higher authority that would call would say that like living together before they were married was inappropriate right like so even yeah, even they it, were dealing it, with it it's a joke that they call it indecent after they've been you know smooching all over town but mm-hmm. but you're right there is you know the idea that unmarried folks shouldn't live together is certainly a a conservative one we'll put it that way right yeah so i guess it was like okay they're the episodes attacking or calling into question those those preconceived notions that people have and then uh and then at the end it's sort of like yeah accept people for who they are although i will say that i don't know that i am like fully and maybe it is just because of uh how i was raised and like all of the inherent biases that come with that uh like i don't know if like if someone I was hanging out with all the time was like just sitting next to me, like kissing someone all the time, like I don't know that I would feel all that comfortable with it happening literally everywhere. Like at some point, I think even I might. I don't know what I would do. I I, I would I would probably I'm from the Midwest, so I would probably just like passively walk away and would not ask them to stop. But uh, but like boy, oh man, I'm glad that I'm not kissing anybody right now. Aren't right? you guys glad that I'm not kissing re- anybody right now? <laughs> For example, if the whole podcast you were sitting on my camera screen just kissing somebody, I don't know how I would handle that. I don't know what I would deal with. I don't know how I would deal with that. So there is something to it. Like, I think there is something to maybe we're all just like, you know, prudish and we shouldn't be. But like, there's something that is very like visceral about seeing two people expressing affection for for long periods of time. Sure. I, I think that there are. There are a couple different scenarios, you know, one where you, you said, you know, the person sitting next to you, if that person is like there or those two people, I should say, I suppose, are like there with you and they're just making out like, yeah, that's completely unacceptable because that's just rude to you. Right. If, you know, if you're at the ball game and the folks next to you are making out, eh, that's like bothersome, mm-hmm. but it's not offensive to me, I guess. Right. You know. 
And and yeah, I do think that it eventually like you should stop sucking each other's faces at the ball game. Mm-hmm. But you know, if if I, I think if someone isn't like being dis disruptive and that's obviously a word that could have a wide range of definitions but if it's not disruptive go for it right you know do the hand job under the blanket i don't give a shit right uh the do the blow job in the trunk i don't care <laughs> Keep... <laughs> this is getting this is getting we're going further blow your rusty trombone in the park there we go yep there it is um I couldn't tell if so. There's a scene. There's a montage where, like, I think after they say they tell Tree Trunks and Pig, like, you've got to, uh, you can't do it here or whatever. Like, it's sort of like stop, stop doing it in this particular venue, which was like a concert that uh, right. PB was hosting. You need to figure out a way. You need to do it somewhere else. And then there's this montage of like people discovering Pig and um, and Tree Trunks making out in what would be like. Very inappropriate places to be making out. The first place yeah. being someone else's home. The first place being tr- Jake and uh, Jake and Finn's home. They just like snuck in and started making out there in like a space under the floorboards. Um, the second place being in the baby carriage of another person, like in the, <laughs> in the carriage of a baby. Uh, and then lastly, uh, in inside a book in a library when someone opens up a book. Uh, they're inside that book making out. Well, I can't tell if those are, were meant to be like, if that was a continuation of like a, an attack on the general, like take it to your, take it to your room kind of argument of like people who, people who get people in the real world who get very um, offended by relationships that they don't agree with. So, for example, conservative Christians who get offended by homosexual relationships. One of the things that they say is that, like, you're flaunting it in front of our faces. Right. And I can't tell if these, like, it, this montage was, like, meant to be, like, oh, this is, like, a ridiculous extrapolation of, like, flaunting it in people's faces. Like, oh, you're, like, literally in their homes. You're, like, <laughs> you're literally in next to their children uh, in the baby carriage. Like, I can't tell if that's just, like... Um, if that was, I can't tell if that was a continuation of their sort of like uh, poking fun at that overall mentality, or if it was meant to just be funny and silly and like, oh well, like of course you can't do it there. The the thing that I just kind of realized is that each of those places is a place that like inconsiderate teenagers would absolutely go to make out and have sex. That's like, true. I I can think of at least one person's basement that was used for sex acts that it was not his basement uh without him knowing you know just like oh yeah i know that uh that that's an empty room after school right um and yeah the library come on obviously baby carriage is is a stretch but yeah i wonder if that's a metaphor or something i don't know that's what i decided is that it must be a metaphor for some kind of other imposition what these are i think Again, it's they're they're impositions. Mm-hmm. They're in somebody else's space, mm-hmm. and and yeah, so they're they they can't be in public, and they can't. No one wants them in their space, so they're left with left wondering what the hell they're supposed to do. Thankfully, uh, the episode concludes that pig and, and tree trunks should just be free to be affectionate, or at least Finn and Jake come down on that side, and I think that is the right side of things. Because I think I agree with you in the end that there is there would be social scenarios where, you know, ignoring your friends just to make out or whatever would be considered rude. But for most cases, like if you aren't being disruptive and you are being merely affectionate publicly, there's not a lot that you're you're not, you're not hurting many people doing that. So be left, leave them to their own devices, whatever. Huh? No need, no need to get up in arms about it. Yeah, if you think they look foolish, then they're the ones who look foolish. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, so their relationship is a budding one. We'll see if they, if we return to pig and, and tree trunks in later episodes. But it is it is clear that they are infatuated with one another. Are you uh, are you more or less optimistic about their relationship than Ed and Barb's? Well, I was I I, I was like 
until you had brought it to my attention that this is still very early on, it, for whatever reason, I, I got swept away in the like Disney Disney version, like the the love at first sight kind of like uh, storyline that pig and tree trunks were were put into. And gotcha. So they were already like in hardcore true love with each other, right? And that that swept me away to being believing that. Uh, you know they're they're in it for the long haul and that they will they will always be together but you're very right like love at first sight is 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 a fairy tale like that is relationships take work it's not just smooching and it's not just smooching in the library so uh it's in, it'll be interesting to see how they progress if if they if they if we return to them because you're right it's very possible that they could end up like ed and barb if they don't put in the the emotional work required to uh, maintain their relationship. Yeah, and I, you know, it's a really bad idea not to live together before you get married. You got to figure out if that person is someone that you can live with. the The idea that it's indecent to do so is uh, it's indecent, I suppose. All right. Yeah, I'm sure it works for a few people, but it it is it is a uh, you need to know you need to know like what kind of roommate that person is. Because you're about if you're going to become permanent roommates with them, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. It, you need. Yeah. You need to know what kind of roommate they are and what they are like in the twenty fourth hour mm-hmm. that you're spending together, and when there's no end in sight. <laughs> that sounded really bitter, but actually, the Jackie and I have quite enjoyed the pandemic. We we get to. We get to hang out uh, and and work together. So, uh, yeah, no, I think that's true. I, uh, <laughs> I the phrase the, the phrase "no end in sight" is something that I think uh, <laughs> should be in more like wedding vows, though. Like, I, like instead <laughs> of it, replace the like in sickness and health or whatever for better for to be just more like, do you agree to be with this person until there's no end in sight? Like I think that would be a heck of a vow to uh, to drop in there because it it really communicates a different idea. Or or yeah, maybe you know you just you just turn to to the the bride or the groom, and that person just says, "There's no end in sight." That's right. Yeah, it could be very it could be very lovely. It could be very lovely to say it, you know and you say it in the right tone. Just hope that your boat doesn't. Go closer to the finish line, I guess. Right. Because it might appear over the horizon eventually. Which actually, you know, that's not a ridiculous thing to say at a wedding. Yeah, absolutely. Forever or until it doesn't work anymore. It probably would leave, it would probably set better expectations, I would say, for yeah. sure. To say, it is to say, I, uh, yeah, I agree to be with you. Until we both agree that it, we shouldn't be together anymore. <laughs> like right. Well, with that, uh, I think we've. Co- I think we are just as good at diagnosing relationships as Finn and Jake are at this point. <laughs> I think we've proven that you can come to us for any questions. So if you want to write to us relationship advice, we will be happy to dis- to provide uh, our thoughts. I can draw on a wealth of experience. For sure. And I can draw on... Not that I will or want to. <laughs> right. I'm not talking about it, all right? Uh, but I, I think uh, all in all, these two episodes uh, were nice little side adventures, little side stories. Really didn't revolve around Finn or Jake that much. They were about other characters. Yeah. Finn and Jake were there, but they weren't driving things forward. So... Um, Nice to nice to let the the show kind of flex its its world building muscles, build out some other characters. Fun to fun to see. Both were funny, but weird. A weird pair. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons that they feel so weird is that I I think that both of them presented relationships from a pretty adult perspective. Like certainly Barb and Ed. Yeah, you know who are like having you know some kind of marital bickering session Mm -hmm. um but with uh yeah i I think that that it applies to to both of them i think 
you know, the the like ew gross is kind of the the children's response to to affection as well as the conservative response. And so, uh, maybe if we're thinking in terms of Adventure Time's audience, it's like, hey, you know, you don't need to yell gross at somebody just because uh, they like somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I th- I'm glad that that's where the episode landed in terms of its message. Yeah. That was the right place to be. Yeah, especially with that song. Man, if they had sung that song and then not gotten together. <laughs> right. That would be rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that uh, silence probably indicates that uh, we, we, we might want to wrap it up. Um, so I suppose... This is the part of the episode where I say that our intro and outro music are by Will Yates. It's the song Date Night from the album I Know the Feeling. Um, we have Twitter and stuff, right, Ben? We do. We You can reach us uh, on Facebook at the Treehouse Treasure Room. Uh, that's our Facebook page where you can uh, drop us a line. We're also on Twitter or you can email us um Twitter at PodVentureTime or email us uh, PodVentureTime at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, all that stuff was available, turns out. Good on us. No one no one jumped on PodVentureTime at PodVentureTime before we did. No one was no one was uh, uh, domain squatting on those that we had to pay, <laughs> right. pay a bunch of money to someone for, thankfully. So yeah, if you want to write to us about uh, relationship advice, uh, questions about... Um, I don't know, Midwestern values and or ice cream sales figures. Uh, Specifics about our past. mm -hmm. Specifics about our past that we are totally willing to talk about, clearly. Um, And anything and everything. Or just like, did you like the episode? We'd love to hear from you. So uh, we'd love to hear from from you and we will respond to you as quickly as we can. But until then, uh, I hope that you all have a wonderful life, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, or... You know, until your life isn't working out anymore. Until That's there's an interesting way to look at it, isn't it? Until there's no end in sight. <laughs> we hope you're with you. We hope you're with us with no end in sight. And uh, yeah, that means come back next time. But uh, uh, until then, I've been Pat. And I've been Ben. And this has been Podventure Time. Until That's there's an interesting way to look at it, isn't it? Until there's. No end in sight. <laughs> we hope you're with you. We hope you're with us with no end in sight. And uh, yeah, that means come back next time. But uh, uh, until then, I've been Pat. And I've been Ben. And this has been Pod Venture Time.